Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika Soft Gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. I run Cannabis support groups just to give women a safe space to be themselves and talk about how it, how they implement it in their daily lives and how it helps them, like how we are right now. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast and around the world who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, continuing on her mission to lift up the stories of the women creating the cannabis industry by sharing their canna stories with you. So go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's the Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. Welcome back to the Cannamom Show. I am Joyce Gerber, and we are so excited you are joining us here today as we continue our mission of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers one canna story at a time. So Dave, I got really big news. Really? Do tell. I lament often that I do not know how to roll a joint. I've tried. People have tried to teach me. I've done some things, but I've been doing a lot of YouTube research. And look, I'm going to actually show you how I do this. I know how to roll a joint now. That's not oh, quite filled. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray for you. I can't do it either, by the way. I, I've tried a few times over the years. It's a lot yeah. harder than it looks. Yeah, this is a trick. All right, so I am 58. I have. <laughs> I know. It's hard to believe that I've never really rolled a joint, right? And this is what I do. <laughs> Yes. Right. Right. All right. The trick, the chopstick. Oh, really? You use a chopstick? Oh, she's uh, nodding. Yeah, our guest knows this for sure. All right. So you do with the chopstick. I go to a lot of events and I get a lot of cannabis merchandise. And one of the things that they always give out for swag are rolling papers. And I literally have drawers and drawers and drawers of rolling paper. And these are good rolling papers because, see, we're on YouTube now so I can show stuff. The top has these little brown perforated cardboard things that can be used for filters which is mm. cool mm -hmm. all right so i have learned that all right so first 
you take one of these little things and you create a filter. Okay. It's like a little paper thing and you fold it yep. back and forth. I do okay. this on air. It's like harder to being a TV star than a radio star. Yep. There you go. Back and forth. You, you're kind of like a little M kind of thing. It's a little, you can see the, oh, like my, f- my camera. Like a fan effect almost. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. We're getting an improvement from the audience. And then you <laughs> roll it. Well, I'm not doing it on air. You roll it. Good thing I did my nails last week. Roll it, roll it, roll it. Okay. okay. Rolling. Right. This is a very pretty, but okay. So now you kind of have a filter. It's like a little, it looks like a little filter. Okay. Can you see it? Yeah. See I can it? see it. Like, yeah, I can like, see it. Okay, okay. It's hollow. Put that aside. Right. Okay. Okay. The trick with the rolling paper. So you always see people that are rolling it like this and they look cool and they're having a moment. And mm-hmm. I try to roll like that. I get very stressed out and it makes a big mess and I just throw it away and right. it's done. And I every time I stop, that's where I've been for years. Mm-hmm. Then I watched, I think it was the House of Puff, Christina Lopez. She does these great YouTube videos. She's like, I think she's in, I don't know where she is, but she looks like she's a Long Island housewife. She's beautiful. She's in this amazing kitchen and she talks about cannabis and she's got a great product lineup. So you take your paper out mm-hmm. and there's a sticky side and a non-sticky side for all you rollers who know this. Right. So you you're place it on. In a V shape right? and you're. Yeah. So here's it on. The, I'm not going to do it on here. Okay. So it's on this. It's a, it has to be a round chopstick. It's going. Okay. A round one. Okay. You can't do not a, a square, square one. one. Right. Okay. And it's right. You're placing the chopstick right in the middle of the V of the rolling paper. I kind think. of. And then I'm kind of, and then I'm pushing the. Okay, so you can see like the end of it is getting pushed underneath, so I'm making a cylinder. Okay, right. Kristen, it does this much better, I think. All right, and then you just try to roll it up, basically. You kind of roll it, roll it, roll it. You're and rolling then you actually have a the, roll. Yeah, so the the chopstick rotates, and, and, at, and as it's doing that, it's rolling it up into a joint shape. Yes, okay. That's why you're. That's why you're in radio. Well, yeah. Think. I mean, we, I'm trying to bring it to life for the the audio it's listeners. More of a cone than any. Okay, you got like a cone. We have right. Your audience participation, right? Like yes. I'm creating a cone, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you lick it. Lick whatever, it there, and you close right. it, and right. then it slides off. I'll okay, so there's still it. no cannabis in there. No, I'm creating a cone, which is kind of right. cool because I buy cones. That's how I've been rolling. Okay. I actually buy them, but this is a much more affordable way to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You're creating the cone like a like an ice cream cone, and you just haven't put the ice cream in yet, right? And you pull it off. You pull it off, and there you go. Wow, it looks nice. Looks very uniform. And then you stick the filter right into the cone, and you push it down with the chopstick. The chopstick does everything. Mm-hmm. And then you have a cone that you can fill. You push the filter obviously into the short end of the cone, the bottom yeah. of the ice cream cone. Exactly. And then, and then but you, I didn't see you put the cannabis in. When did you do that? I haven't done it yet. So anyway, oh, okay. now I have a cone, the which cone is like, is, okay. you buy these, like, which are kind of expensive. And right. me being me, I've been buying them for years. But now I'm like, I don't need them anymore. I've moved on. And I've actually was more inspired because it's been harder to find them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so, so I did it. <laughs> is it. Is it hard, though, to get the cannabis in there? Do you need like a funnel type thing or anything like that? No, it's not hard you to get it base, in. You're okay. going to kind of like you roll, you're going to push. It should be ground, so it shouldn't be big hunch. Right. So you kind of you roll it in or you can get like little scoops I have or you can even, I've seen people blow it in. Mm, okay. Kind of fill it and then you got to tap it down. It's all about airflow. Mm-hmm. Tap it down, but not too, I'm glad I'm getting an approval. Okay. <laughs> tap it down, but not too much because you need airflow. She knows what she's doing. Good. Thank you, people. <laughs> Good. Um, and then you have, there we go. Okay, so there we go. That's, <laughs> yeah. I used to have a, what do you call it? It was a stick, sort of, but it was it was, it was for dry leaf, though. Yeah. And uh, like a vaporizer type. Vapor, right. Yeah. Vaporizer. Yep. You put the dry leaf in there and then it, it kind of sparks up. And 
but I could never get it to work. I think maybe I packed it too too tightly. Yeah, probably also, airflow. You, I can do the next yeah. show about airflow. But okay, so if you are interested, if this is inspiring you, reach out to me again. Maybe I'll make a real video showing people or look it up online. It is such a great trick. Wrap your, put it around the chopst uh, chopsticks. It, it's so easy. Yep. And it's, and I don't know, it's very satisfying. So I feel very good about myself. Leave it's it to been... our friends at the East, in the East, who invented <laughs> the chopstick. Little did they know they would be doing us such a service. Thank Excellent. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. And then I don't actually have a culture corner today, but I did want to give a shout out before we introduce today's guest for Thunder Walker. She's an advocate out of Oklahoma. She's doing, she's calling it the Smoke Currency Tour. She's got a tour bus and wow. it's equipped with a podcast studio, I understand, and is traveling in the country. She's connected to my book, the book we're talking about all the time, Courage and Cannabis. She's mm -hmm. been helping those authors get some publicity. And I think I'm going to maybe do a live podcast from the bus in Vegas when we're down there for the negotiations. So keep an eye out. Smoke Currency Tour could be in your state. She doesn't have plans to be in Massachusetts yet, but maybe she'll be here. Now, I'm being stereotypical when I say this, but when yeah. that, when that, you said bus, right? Bus? It's a tour bus, yeah. Tour like bus. A... When the bus door, <laughs> when the bus door swings open, is it clouds of smoke like in a Cheech and Chong movie or? I assume it would be. I'd be disappointed if it wasn't. So I don't know. I've actually never met Thunder. She has not been a guest. Hopefully we'll have her early 24 before she really gets rolling. But right. I'm excited to be Very a small cool. part of this. So Take anyone in Massachusetts pictures. listening and you wanted to come here, check it out because she does. I think they're going from like place to place and they want to give some publicity. And she's, you can't miss her if you look her up. Hmm. She's quite a cannabis advocate. So uh, yeah, my shout out for the Smoke Currency Tour with Thunder Walker. Very cool. Oh, all right. So I'm not going to talk about Israel today because I've just decided not to. Right, Dave? <laughs> well, we could we could talk forever about it or we could sometimes it, it, to draw you out of this despair. And I know it's I know you've sort of taking it heart, to heart, Joyce, and taking it hard. Yeah. And so I'm here for you and we're doing some good today. So maybe that's the best we can do. I do, too. I think the laughter, the joy that we bring yep. and these information and the healing, that's what right. we're doing. So and that's what today's guest is all about. So cool. That is my little chit-chat for today before we introduce today's guest. All right, today. Today we have a New York cannabis advocate, uh, the founder of Rochester Women in Cannabis Association and Women in Weed Con in New York. She is here today to share her story of healing from an opiate addiction, the work she's doing with supporting cannabis moms in her community, and why she is now committed to healing her community and advocating for plant medicine. Please welcome to the Cannabis Mom Show, Sonia Rosario Belliard. Welcome. Hi. You are a great audience. Thank you. We don't always have an audience like chipping in. So I'm happy to be here. And I imagine you know how to roll your own joint. But let's just, yes. uh, before we even get into your very personal and inspiring story of healing and what you're doing now, just where, where are you in New York and what is the legality? Just for my audience, if, you know, it's across the country, mm -hmm. what the status is in New York? Well, we've been legal recreationally for a while. I want to say like, Three and a half years now, three and a half going on four years, maybe recreationally, but it's been legal for like medicinally for a long time. I've been in cannabis for way longer than it was legal. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But yeah, so I'm in Rochester, New York. It's a little city, not New York City. We're a few hours out, but Rochester, New York, we're a pretty nice little city. We've got a nice little population here. It's a very poverty ridden city. Really much is, but I love it here. I do. 
I okay, love so, Brian. So, and you're doing some good there. So that's what we need yeah. to be doing. All right. So let's just start. You have a complicated story with your own use of other Substance, pharmaceuticals yeah. and substances. Yep. And you mm-hmm. had, which is a story I hear often about people healing themselves with using cannabis as part of their mm-hmm. healing process. And I have heard it about opiates and I'm talking to more nurses and medical professionals who are talking about this as well. So just, I don't know if you want to talk, This is a, that's a big part of your story, but if you tell yeah. us a little bit how, where you were and how it happened and what, what was the connection to cannabis and moving forward? Well, growing up, I was always like, like cannabis was the first thing that I ever like got into. That was just like what was there. Like that was, I guess what people would call it is the gateway, right? So I, when I was 12, 13 years old, I didn't use it as how it should be. It was not, it was just used as like a social thing to be around my friends and just hang out, smoke pot, that's it. So yeah, I ended up getting addicted to opiates when I was around 18 or 19 years old. And I, I want to say like, I call that my losing my way a little bit from cannabis. I just, I feel like I got in the wrong crowd of people. I was just easily influenced at the time. I was in a in a vulnerable state. I had just had my son at 17. It was just a struggle being a young mom and just not knowing anything about anything. So uh, yeah, I veered away from cannabis. I found my way back a few years later. I want to say like maybe three years after I started using drugs, like hard drugs. I was using like fentanyl heroin. It was really bad. I was an IV drug user at that too. And yeah, I veered away. So when I found my way back to cannabis, I just, I completely X the fact that it was like weed, like just weed, like just something I roll up and smoke. Like I completely X that out and I just looked at it as something to help me as a tool. Like, cause going through those withdrawals for opiates, like you get the cold shakes, you're puking, you're like, bowel movements everywhere like it's gross so 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 can i because i talked to people about talking about getting and there's some some very specific things like what specifically was it doing for you that you weren't able to yeah it eased my like my detox when i was Mm -hmm. getting clean it eased that whole process like i was able to get sleep i was able to eat and keep food down like for the physical aspect that was my like light like I was holding on to that right there like that was my light at the end of the tunnel I knew if I could my a friend of mine gave me a quarter pound (laughs) over a span of I want to say like seven days at the time I was smoking I was trying to smoke like these huge joints at a time like doing new bong ribs and like bull packs and everything and it was working but like it only was working because I was using it as what it was supposed to be used for, not to like, oh, I'm not getting high on heroin anymore. Let me smoke some weed. No, I was but using it. It was like even you out or mentally, it was, it yes, was making you like, feel normal. I, yes, yeah. it made me feel like how I was supposed to feel, like a, like a human, not like my skin crawling or anything like right. that. So I... Yeah, I used it for the medical purposes, and that's so. What can I just, got, Sonia? Can I? So, what year was this? And then, what was sort of the message? Back in two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen. Oh, okay. So there was some more. There was information, a little bit of information that it could be useful. Were you getting mixed messages? Did you think maybe you're doing something wrong? Were you confused? Yeah, you, I yeah. I was told many different times that I was like not allowed in certain outpatient programs because of my usage of like cannabis. Like they didn't want someone. 
they didn't want to supply someone with like treatment if you're going to be using another drug. You know what I mean? So, but it wasn't another drug to me it because it's not. So, right. and they just didn't understand that. And I ended up finding someone that sort of did. He was a therapist of mine and he, it's not like he was approving my usage of it, but he saw it as like, I'm not out on the street going and get my, getting my poison that could potentially kill me. I think that is the, this is what I think you women are. The women who are really coming out, telling their stories and being this person for the first time that anyone sees, you know, you're, you're opening up that space for someone to see it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This therapist, maybe he could see that you're getting better. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like when someone they are supposed to be connected with or whatever, there's a lot of messages, a lot of narratives, a lot Mm -hmm. of things going on, but someone they can see in front of them, who they care about, you can actually Mm -hmm. see it's changing. Mm -hmm. It opens up the space for someone to consider this could be. Right something better than what they think it is. So that's what you're doing. That's pretty impressive. Okay. Right. And I'm not saying like cannabis is like the the cure to addiction. No. I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is you can use it to, if you have a craving or if you are coming off of these hard drugs or even just like alcohol, like uh, alcohol disorder, like these, this plant can be used for so much good. And I just think that if it was taught more as like, like how you take a Tylenol, you can yeah. cannabis. Like it doesn't even need to be smoked. It, it, it's a tool. Or, or something. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't okay. even need to be smoked. No. All right. So, all right. So you're kind of, you have a bigger story. Okay. We did start a little late, so we'll keep going. Oh, all right. So you've had the story, you were using the cannabis to get off. And then how old were you? And what, what was sort of the result of all this? When I was 22 years old, I was sitting there on my birthday day. I'm like, I can't do this anymore like I'm still in this revolving door of addiction I don't know how to get out of it all I know is that cannabis is helping me so when I was 22 when I was just turned 22 I I was sitting there with a needle in my arm and I'm just like I can't do this so there's got to be a way out and that way out was a plant and yeah I just it's a lifesaver like it truly is because there's so many people that I just don't have here anymore that it definitely could have saved me. It saved right. me. It's clearly did. All right. So it's powerful. All right. So you're also a mom. So yes. let's just kind of talk about that. So you had a child when you were 17 and you have another one who's a little now, yeah, right? She, and so yeah, she'll be two in February. Okay. Can you just talk about a little bit? I talk a lot about like, I was not a cannabis user yeah. when my children were small. I probably should have been. Well, I was very stressed out all the time. And that the often things I hear is that your kids just want your attention. They want you to be there present. And mm-hmm. cannabis can often help very distracted, very busy, very anxious moms to be present mm-hmm. with their kids and be more patient. So how have you found it works with your children? And what's the difference you've seen between the two? I mean, obviously, you're in a very different state with your older child. Yeah, so I, I use it to, I guess, not just make me a better parent, but like just to cope with being a parent. Like, yeah, just being a young parent and like for myself, I'm in college, like I'm going to college now. So for the first time, so good for um, you. Wow. Like just trying to balance so many different things. That is my woosah. Like in with parenting, it, it's something completely different that a lot of parents don't understand that don't use cannabis. Like a lot of them really don't understand how it can you know, you have such a stressful day, you take the kids out somewhere and they're acting nuts and you just want to go home and you're just relaxed for a minute. That's it. Just for a minute, five minutes. And then you're able to get so many more things done. Like you're even nicer to your kids. Probably. Exactly. Oh. And you like them more. I always say you find them more entertaining and yeah, you like them and more. So. To me, it's like the, <laughs> stuff, 
the kids, they're not going to remember like you smoking all your pot. They're going to remember you being the nicer mom and listening to them and wanting to be around them. So that's my take on it, I guess. No, that's interesting. So you're a 10 year old, a boy or a girl? He's a um, He's boy. He's a boy. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. obviously your little one doesn't know, but what is his understanding? What? Is, how do you talk about this with him? And he knows it's cannabis. Mm-hmm. His father, we aren't together, but his father, he's also a smoker too. So he has it at both households. He he knows that it's not medicine or not a drug. He just knows it helps. That's it. He doesn't, I don't give him like, oh, it's a medication. So, cause I don't want him to grow up and be like, this is what I need to do. I want him to make that on his own choice, like his own decision. So he just knows that it helps and it helps with everything. Honestly, for me, depression, appetite sometimes if I can't eat because of depression. And that's like a double whammy. It's helping both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And body aches, everything. So oh, yeah. that's all he knows is that it just helps. And ha- I went about the little one. So I know there are some little, there are books out now. Ms. Kindness out of yeah. California, that book, What's Growing in Grandma's Garden. I have yes. a scratch and sniff. Like, are you a, well, my youngest, did you do that? I don't, re- well, my youngest, she, I read to her and everything. I just haven't yeah. brought up like the cannabis thing because I just, I just haven't. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I, I don't think she'll grasp on She's not even two yet. Yeah. So, but it's going to be like with my son, it wasn't something that like I taught to him so young, like how I want to with my daughter, like, because I just didn't have the resources or knew like certain things that I do now. So now it'd be completely different with my daughter. Like I plan on reading the books that I do have here for her. Like I have some cannabis books here, cannabis and motherhood books. Mm-hmm. And I think, she'll take to it very well especially because she's a girl too i don't know it's just different and you're normalizing again i think what the can moms are doing with it's just normalizing it it's mm-hmm. we, these stories come into our culture through our families and our yeah. churches and our institutions that surround us we don't even know what the culture is because it's everywhere and you and all the other women who are doing this are changing the culture on this they're not yeah. shame i mean the shame often is someplace we don't even know where it came from i talked to so mm-hmm. many women who don't even actually know why they own all the shame and, and you shouldn't and they shouldn't and it's no and but the way we we crush it the way we stop it is by these individual stories which you know and the kids like so mm-hmm. it's a plant like i didn't know it was a plant i didn't even know it was a flower i knew nothing about the i nothing 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 <laughs> so these kids and will know okay it's so it's it's okay for that too i have some ladies i know you know nikki nikki oh, yeah, nikki yeah 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 she was someone like that too she's oh, like yep. She was straight, straight and narrow about cannabis. When it's just, it's amazing to hear those kind of things. For her, her story is, yeah. we've talked to her on the show. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So again, starting with the kids. All right. So your kids know, let's just talk about your own family. I know you said your father had some other issues with other substances and mm-hmm. he, he is utilizing it. So how are you getting, or how is he utilizing it in his life? And is it something you influenced or is it something he did or how's that working? So long, he was so in, like in the rooms of like, Alcoholics Anonymous or NA, like they're so anti-cannabis, very, very anti-cannabis. And he's part of that crowd, like that older crowd where they just, they're very like, no, this is how it is. I'm not changing it. That's it. So, but recently within like the last year, he told me that he was having like some sleeping issues. And I asked him, I always ask him like, try some THC, try some cannabis. And he's like, no, no, no. Finally, he was like, yes, I would like to try some. Just because he knows that it's not like it's not a drug, like it's not something that's going to 
unless you're someone that you just don't have all your ducks in a row and you might veer off the edge, that's something different, that's something completely different, but it's not going to send you to go out and do your original poison if you are a recovery. As long well, as that's a good way to put it. That's interesting. Before. Yeah. But there are other substances addictions are allowed to take. Those substances mm-hmm. are approved. But for whatever reason, cannabis has not become a tool in that toolbox yeah. yet. And that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And okay. like people recommend, like, for example, like Suboxone, if you're coming off of opiates, like that's something that was recommended to me. And I was on that for almost a year, but I didn't want to be on it anymore because literally the same thing. It's it connects to your same receptors in your brain as the opiates do. You're using the same thing, just the legal form. So why not use cannabis instead of that? So it and it all just comes down into a whole like a trickle effect of just like money and the insurance companies and just big pharma. So, so, oh yeah, we can talk. That's a whole other. But yeah, I mean, so so you're so you're. Thing. Have you been able to convince him to use it in a way that is helping him or anybody of his friends? Oh, or? My father, yes, he, yeah. he used it for sleep. Yeah, definitely. He's been using like some gummies here and there. I I've given him a tincture to put on his own like food or whatever he wants to use it for. He could even put it up under his tongue if he okay. wants. So yeah, it works for him. And, he, and he, <laughs> is, is he evangelizing to his friends? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> But he's definitely been using it though, and he's told like his significant other about it, and I know she's used it too. Right. So it's it's completely changed around him at least, and I'm okay. very for that. Um, all right, let's talk about your work. So you have the Rochester Women in Cannabis Association, and I know you do the Women in Weed Con. So we talk about Rochester Women, like what it is, how it got founded, and how you're connecting with the women and moms in your community. Yeah, so I, I run Canamom support groups and I do right now I'm just not doing them just because of semester and school and everything, but I run Canamom support groups just to give women a safe space to be themselves and just be a Canamom, like and talk about how it how they implement it in their daily lives and how it helps them, like how we are right now. Mm-hmm. And it's a group setting, like how they would do AA meetings or NA meetings. You're allowed to bring your children if you'd like. And we just celebrate the plant and how it should be celebrated, not like smoking around your children or anything like that, but just openly talking about it and talking about the benefits that it has on women and especially moms, because it's just not talked about. It's something like so anti. But you're you're doing that. So what are some of the things that women are coming? What are they talking about them? So what are some of the concerns? We talk about like breastfeeding and um, cannabis use. We talk about pregnancy and cannabis use, how we were just talking parenting and cannabis, how it helps with parenting. We have been, I try, I'm trying to do like different events, like in the name of cannabis, like donation type of events, like charity events. I want to do like classes eventually. I eventually want to incorporate like the local like organizations like WIC. Or Willow out here is a domestic violence like group. I want to incorporate those different things and just show that it's very normal for women to use this. Plant. That's so good because I've heard a lot of more people out here talking about connecting to senior centers, elderly, because that's that's sort yeah. of the fastest growing. But mm-hmm. there's still the stigma. I mean, I'm in this industry. There's still the stigma about cannabis and moms and going and talking about it openly is still a little bit tricky. So that yeah, you're doing very- it, you're stepping out there, and again. Hospitals will test meconium. 
for cannabis mm-hmm. still, and it can get caught up in the child services, mm-hmm. and that's just not right. There's a lot of this I policy work. Way, yeah. I think the best way to avoid something like that would always, I always tell ladies, get your medical card. Yeah, let's just talk about that. So let's talk about what the yes. process is or what's happening in New York and what why that's so important. So in New York State, I know, at least for me, when I had my children, I consumed with both my children. Both my children are great. I'm not going to call them geniuses or anything. <laughs> Have with their, they're great. They're they're healthy humans yeah, that we exist that they're are adding values. Children. Yeah, yeah they're, they're normal. Not, I don't even like calling them like can of babies or anything like that because they're literally normal children. Which in this so, day and age is almost hard to believe. So yeah, just normal right. is good. <laughs> almost awesome. So, awesome. <laughs> right. So I like to tell people to always just have your ducks in a row when you go, if you are pregnant and consuming and you plan on having your baby in a hospital, because there are people out there that do not, they do zero support when it comes to that, like the stigma we're talking about. So they will call Child Protective Services on you if you do not have your medical card or like for me, before I even had CPS in my hospital room. They asked me like, hey, do you know that this is in your bloodstream or whatever? I'm like, yeah, I know. I have my medical card. I showed it to them. CPS came upstairs and they're like, we have nothing else to talk about. Because I That's- showed them that medical card. Again, so let's just go, kind of go back to like what the root of this is. For a lot of women, specifically nausea is a huge issue. We had a mm-hmm. woman talk about well, the symptoms when you really can't stop throwing up. And the thing yeah, that they'll give the you. hyperemesis stuff. Yeah, and, and and that the medications that they give you, the pharmaceuticals that they give you, are not unsafe. They are. They have issues that could erupt. They're not just. They have other stuff going on, but they will stop your nausea. Whereas mm-hmm. cannabis can be used for that very effectively and allow mm-hmm. you to get up and not be dehydrated and the whole thing. But if you want to do this, if this needs, especially from the state of New York or really anywhere in the country, having your medical card will make all of this a little bit easier. Just easier. It, I'm not it, saying it should, it, should, it, should, it should. Yeah, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Yeah, it shouldn't have not to even be. Like, yeah. It's not your magic wand or anything to not have CPS there, but it will definitely like smooth that road out for you just because you have that. Like it's it's like having your passport going to another country. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a good way. If it can happen to you, the best thing to have is your passport, so they know you're a U.S. citizen. You know, and as, and as the issue gets rolled out state by state, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what's going to happen with the federal descheduling, which I hope it happens, or rescheduling, whatever right. it is. This is the federal issue that we're trying to deal with state by state. So protecting yourself in a state that has a medical mm-hmm. program, especially if you're a 100%. mom or pregnant, is just one more piece. Exactly. Exactly what you're saying. It's just one more thing that you can have to support the need mm-hmm. for this plant medicine that is helping you have a healthy human baby. And I feel like the more that women have that card and they present that, it's more of like hospitals are going to want to see women do that. I feel like I think in the medical, like they need to see that, that women are actually taking the time and money to go and spend on something like that because they know they need it in order to have their children in a hospital and feel safe enough. That's interesting. That's a good way to put it. Uh, Yeah. Again, Mm -hmm. so. Medical professionals are very behind the ball on the endocannabinoid system. We had a nurse on last week. I don't know why they call it cannabis nurses, because it should be the endocannabinoid nurses. This is a system in our bodies that is receptive to this plant. So medical professionals are late to come to this. It is up to people, patients, really, to um, stand up. Because oftentimes oftentimes in these Mm -hmm. hospitals, it's a policy, people. It's literally a policy of the hospital to test the meconium. It's not necessary. There's no reason to test for cannabis. Mm-hmm. None. Literally none. So the more people, more women who are giving birth to children stand up, the more they will see it. It's just like 
any other political thing. Pe- those people are mirrors. When they see lots of people coming at them with this, their own beliefs have to change. They have mm-hmm. to. So that's really good work. All right, let's talk about. So what is sorry, the Rochester Women in Cannabis? What's the mission of it? Is it to connect so women or I, connect? Um, what is it? I'm. I bring women together, like how the moms groups are. But I, what it is, is that I. It's more like on the business side of it. Okay. And, okay. Not just like motherhood and everything. More on the business side, like how I said, I want to do like these donation charity events, fundraiser type of thing. I want to do things for like just in the name of cannabis and women. We are like the foundation of this world. So like, and we are the ones that can get things done. And I just think that if I like how I started this association, I think that if we can all come together, even though it's hard for women to come together sometimes, I think that if we can all come together and collaboratively create these things, great things can happen for cannabis. Like it's not just only cannabis, like there's more to it. So, and that's what the association is is for, to showcase that. And that, and then you can heal. Again, I talk a lot about the mm-hmm. women leaders in this industry. They are advocates and they are evangelized because they are healed. I mean, mm-hmm. healed leaders, people have really taken that time, energy, and I don't know, consistency to stay mm-hmm. in this world and to stay focused and centered and healed. And they want to be leaders, just like what you're doing. You just, I like have an found, army. I have found such a sisterhood and like, I want to say sorority in a way in cannabis. And it's, I love it because I'm, and that's why I created this association is because that's what I, that's what I want to see in it. Like there, it's this boys club of men in this industry and we, the women, if we were to stick together, it can just be so much more. So I agree. So what, what, so women in weed, is that a conference and what is? Yes, it's a conference. Um, there's a woman out in OKC that does the dope women in weed uh, events. And I saw that and I'm like, we need stuff like that in Rochester. We don't have anything like that. Like we don't do stuff in the name of women in cannabis. So I didn't steal her idea, but I paid homage to her. And I told her, listen, I want to do that here. We need this here. So I started doing them and I reached out to her. I'm like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Like I'm trying to make this a movement. Not just your thing in OKC. Like, I want this to be a movement. So that's what I'm doing here with it. I do it once a year. Mm-hmm. And it's just a group of women. I get people to come and speak. Just different leaders in my area. And we all get together. We smoke. I get vendors to come in. And craft ladies, they sell their stuff. It's a nice time. It's, it's always the, the women events. I do a, there's a golf event out here celebrating women in cannabis. And I went to mm-hmm. a high tea. And they're always the best run events honestly yeah. so they're fun they're entertaining they have crafting yeah <laughs> and the fellowship around <laughs> amazing and we're building again i talk with women in cannabis i always joke that there are men here too i'm so surprised but elevating these stories and making sure that you're seen is really important to me mm-hmm. all right so let's you talked a little bit about women and weed what else is coming out are you doing for the next year what are you focused on in new york are you doing policy work advocacy are you going into I'm the big city of new york where are you? What are you doing? I would love to go out to New York City. It's just my daughter. She's so young right now. I've just been momming it out and doing my schoolwork. So right now, aside of school, I just plan on doing, for the rest of the winter, I want to just collect a bunch of donations of clothing and just give it back to the homeless community out here. That's what I've been doing for the fall. And I plan on to keep doing that until next year, maybe March, just to still at least keep 
the RWCA's name in the name of the community. I want it to be in community still. So I haven't planned any events or anything like that. I've got some stuff in the works, but I just, I haven't really finalized anything. But the only thing that's finalized right now is my clothing drives that I've been doing. And those are great. <laughs> and you're out there and you're like, you're being you. And do you do social media? What's your like? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do social media at srosen96x on Instagram. And then the Rochester Women in Cannabis page is on Instagram as well. I try and keep those pages going, but it's, just a one one man army here. <laughs> all right, Rochester women. Late. I don't know the cannabis ladies are coming together. Do you grow? Are you a grower at all? I would love to get into growing. I have two cats, so I just I'm afraid that I like, probably can do it. My, my cat ate my whole plant. This is not a joke. Oh, DC. Yeah, that's why. I, that's why and, I poked it. I've just waited. I think it made her feel better. I mean, I swear, I was helping with her arthritis. <laughs> She was much happier. Okay. I never. I'm like, where did the plant go? Yeah, it was a long time ago. And I did. I tried again last year and I got a real tent and it's better. But you should learn. I don't know. If you like. Yeah, I would love to learn how to grow. I have some friends that grow and they are like amazing growers. I could never do what they do. I think it's like you, you have resources you should learn. All right. So there's an old time question I haven't asked in a while. So what is your favorite way to consume? I am a smoker. I like smoking joints. I like smoking blunts. I got one rolled right here. <laughs> oh look at that yeah mine was <laughs> so you are i like that you could comment on my like new rolling ability yes no the way you roll is actually how i roll sort of i just don't Wait. use the chopstick i i actually roll my filter right in with the paper and i create my own cone the same way basically and i just stuff it yeah so i i have had a hard time doing that but maybe as i it's like when you're little i don't know and you'd like your parents like do things to help you use utensils so maybe yeah. after i got used to using this for a while maybe i'll report that i can actually roll it on my own all right. So I like to smoke too. That's true. And if people want to reach out to you, connect with you, meet you, what is the best way to connect? I'll put in the show notes. Yeah, Instagram at srosa96x or at Rochester Women in Cannabis. Okay. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And I appreciate it. And if you're out in New York, New York, we talk a lot about New York City, New York State. It is changing everything. It's an agricultural country too. So we're talking about hemp. There's a lot of stuff going into New York. So yeah. check it out in uh Sonia is doing her little piece out there in Rochester. So, another show. So, for my guest, Sonia, and of course, my Cannabro, David Yaz, and my Cannamom Show team, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cannamom Show, where we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on the emerging cannabis industry by sharing and preserving their stories of love, kindness, wisdom, and hope. Thank you for following and sharing the inspiring stories of the women building this new industry so together we can crush the stigma around cannabis and caregivers. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is the Cannamom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, 
executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.